Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our GYST podcast, where we help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as, fellas, get your shit, 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 shit. together. <laughs> together. <laughs> wow, Kyle, you're unexpected. You're feeling really good. That new car battery is really a... The new car battery's got me charged. <laughs> well, if, if you guys oh, don't yeah. know what he's talking about today, first of all, oh, yeah. Kyle Reed. Oh, sorry. Rohit Rohila. And Glenn Rux. So, ladies and gentlemen, today after work, as I was, uh, of course, running late as usual, I have a really problem with time management, um, I get out to my car and the battery's dead. So Rohit comes, gives me a jump. Drive to the car store, AutoZone. Thanks to good folks there. Let me uh, borrow a 10 mil deep socket so I could take the damn battery cover off, take my battery out, get it tested, and buy a new battery. So, uh, yeah, that's what he's talking about. I had to get a new battery today. <laughs> but now I can start my car in frigid weather. And you're charging Quicker than ever. Good to go. Yep. <laughs> in the northwest where it doesn't really get that frigid. Yeah. I like to go skiing, Glenn. I might mm-hmm. drive to the mountain tomorrow just to test it out. All and right. if I do, I'm going to send you a picture. You do that. <laughs> and if his battery in. dies, he's still going to call you. <laughs> yeah. Glenn. Glenn. And then my little Chevy will still be running, and I'll pick him up. you damn right. <laughs> <laughs> American made. Uh, well, you fellas ready to do this thing? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this one is going to be one of those episodes that you look back at, and you're like, man, were they high? Because this is a deep episode. So with that, I'm going to hand it off to my man, Kyle Reed. This episode was his idea, and Kyle would love to have you uh, kind of start things off. All right. All right, man. Today's uh, episode is a topic that I was inspired by watching a short film. Um, You're familiar with Stephen Furtick or Charlemagne the God. Uh, They are from the same town in, in the south called Monk's Corner. And they did a short film together called Come Out of Your Corner. And um, I really enjoyed it. I recommend watching it. It's about 30, 35 minutes of your time. But within that episode, they were discussing uh, issues with race. Back when they grew up, um, Stephen was one of only a a handful of white kids on the bus and, and, and in classes and things of that nature. And they discussed the idea of an intellectual belief versus an emotional belief and how um, Stephen Furtick's father was racist and Stephen had had an altercation with some other black students and he was upset and furious and it led him to fall into his father's beliefs because he had an emotional encounter Um, and and I just thought that is a fascinating way to discuss beliefs as intellectual versus emotional Intellectual is something you can learn with your mind or logic. Mm-hmm. And an emotional belief is something you learn with your heart or emotions or, or feelings. Um, and I just thought that to be a fascinating idea. And the first thing I thought of, Rohit, was an example you've used several times in the past is when you're a, a child, how many, how many kids have burned themselves on a hot stove, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't intellectually learn that that stove is hot you don't understand temperature you don't understand how a stove works and what it does to cook food 
and how it can do that same thing to your hand. Um, you put your hand on a stove, it caused you pain and hurt and sadness, and you probably cried. And now you associate that stove, that stove that was hot, with an emotion rather than knowledge about temperature and how it works. So that was one of the first things uh, after this deep conversation about race that kind of came to my mind and how we can compare and contrast intellectual and emotional beliefs. Um, and I, I thought it to be a pretty powerful topic and something I really wanted to just talk about on the podcast today. Groovy. Yeah. I, I like this. When, when you first brought it up, I, I wasn't quite sure of the direction. And then, um, so for the audience at home, we just got done having a, a nice dinner, the three of us. Mm -hmm. And during that dinner, we actually watched uh, this YouTube video that, that Kyle mentioned that, that we'll have on air for you guys. So if you go to gystpodcast.com, you'll be able to see it for this episode 103. And it, it was so different from than what I was thinking. Because here are two people who essentially grew up in the same neighborhood, same everything, is just the one year apart. <clears throat> and just seeing the different paths that, that they took. Mm -hmm. And that's just comparing those two. How many other people aren't even around that they grew up with now because they grew up in, in a bad part of town or whatever? And it was watching that video that really opened up my eyes. And one of the stories that I was sharing with, with you guys earlier was I there was this group of friends that I hung out with in 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade. And um, they, they were all white. And... I never thought of me being different than them, and they never thought about me really being different because we just grew up together, mm -hmm. always playing baseball and whatnot. So it wasn't like race was was a factor in our friendship. And one of the guys, his his cousin would would come hang out with us a lot, and and the cousin was racist, you know, predominantly against black people, um, and minorities, and you know he was really into the the country hickish culture and environment and through hanging out with them you know I didn't know what the word minority meant <laughs> and it's not like they ever looked at me and said hey you're a minority what are you doing hanging out with us it wasn't like that at all but mm -hmm. I would pick up on certain behaviors and, and thought patterns that they would have and so I remember the first time someone called me a minority <clears throat> I got so heated because for me the term minority meant someone who is who's poor who does, who's not educated, who is not very intellectual because that's how the word was defined for me hanging out with, with these guys. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until an, another guy kind of joined our group who was, who was Mexican. And I was like, yeah, I'm not a minority. And he's like, what are you talking about? You and I are the only minorities here. I got even more mad. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? I'm not a minority. You know, my, like both my parents have good jobs and and like all this kind of stuff. And they don't, and he's like, well, what, what do you think a minority is? And that was when I learned what the word minority really meant. But going back to what you said earlier, it wasn't like I thought, okay, the, this is the thought pattern that I have. Therefore, I'm going to go down the certain path. It was just something that I picked up without even, it, it wasn't like I intentionally meant it. Mm -hmm. But just the surrounding environment that I was in taught me those things how did you feel when you were hanging out with your friends before the minority discussion comes up 
you feel good. Yeah. You feel happy. Yeah. You feel included. Yeah. Included, right? How do you feel if you're now a minority? It, it, it completely changed. I think what, once I really found out what that word meant and, and everything like that, then I started seeing some of the things that they would say. Mm-hmm. And it took on a completely different um, meaning for me then. Yeah. Because before you realize what it actually means, intellectually, the word minority <laughs> has a definition. It can be learned mm-hmm. and, and as logic behind the word, right? It, it has a definition. Your definition of it, though, in the past, I think, was defined emotionally, it sounds like. Because the word minority, what your understanding of it uh, from your your crowd of friends at the time was that it was not to be included and to be subpar. And those probably brought feelings of sadness and loneliness and things you didn't like or didn't want. Yeah. In in a weird kind of way. you were offended by it. I wasn't proud to be me. I didn't want to be a minority. Because you wanted to be accepted and included. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when I was the only non-white friend out of, out of our group of friends, and again, they never had any hostility towards me hmm. or, or anything. I never felt excluded. But once I learned what the word minority meant, then that's when I started kind of feeling... Not isolated, but just I and mean, things had things had changed for me because I, I think exactly what you said is right. It mm-hmm. went from being emotional, some something that was that was learned, to intellectual. Now I know what the definition is, mm-hmm. and the definition that they had used for that same word was that of disempowerment. Oh yeah, that's huge. Oh. That's fascinating to me, which is why when you started mentioning it downstairs, I was like, no, wait, <laughs> we got to talk about this on air. That is fucking fascinating yeah. how, how, how this one word changed from being an emotional belief to an intellectual belief in that word no longer held power over you. Yeah. Yeah, because then it was, it was it a matter of owning. It began to empower you. Well, cause, yeah, because my friend, the, the other guy who was, who was new to the group, who was Mexican, he was like, heck yeah, I'm a minority. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, why do you want to disassociate? I mean, why do you want to associate with, with poor intellectual, unintellectual people? Yeah. Because that was the definition that I had learned. That's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think seeing how childhood behavior comes about Mm-hmm. Is is fascinating to me because you can grow up in the same environment as someone else. You know, I, you you see, uh, you hear stories of identical twins mm-hmm. having completely different lives as adults, and and it's all the the little behaviors and the little things that they learn that start forging different paths. Yeah, <clears throat> that's crazy. I'll, I'll I'll I got another one for you. As an adult or a young adult, even right, we've all been in relationships. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been cheated on? Mm-hmm. How does it feel? Terrible, right? Yeah, it sucks. That oftentimes leads people to believe that all men slash women are hoes or dogs. Yeah, right. Is that fact? No. Of course not. Right. Where are the statistics to back that up? 
I mean, I'm sure there's statistics that say more men or more women cheat, whatever the odds are, right? Whatever whatever the, the facts say. But your belief is stemmed 100% emotionally to an experience that you had. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But I think that emotional beliefs are far more powerful and far scarier than intellectual beliefs. Yeah. Because they're not always factual. But you won't let they anybody... They always cloud your judgment. They, they will. They will, yeah, every right? Every single time. The, the, the relationship thing, the race <clears throat> thing, the well, race and minority kind of go hand in hand, right? Um, they'll cloud your judgment and you will not let anyone convince you otherwise. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We're that attached to our beliefs. Absolutely. Because it's in your heart. The, the emotional belief, anyway. Um, now, Amit told me that static on a television is caused from leftover remnants of the Big Bang Theory. I didn't believe him. I was willing to see facts behind it because I had just never heard that before. <laughs> right? I, what? Seriously? Yeah, right. How? Yeah. How? And that was my question. How? So he sent me some information on it. We look, I looked it up and we talked about it a couple of times. Now I believe it. It's an intellectual belief for me. I could be persuaded otherwise. If facts show me that, hey, you know what? The Big Bang is not true. It never happened. The static is just uh, feedback from microwave ovens. I don't fucking know. It could be anything, right? I just threw something out there. But I would be much quicker to disassociate my beliefs in that perspective because it's fact-based. And it's not something that I derive myself to be true. Whereas an emotional belief, I, I, I truly believe that it's something that's fostered within and you have an emotional attachment to it. So you don't want to let it go and you don't want anyone to prove you wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's scary. But I think it's good. What do you think, Glenn? Emotional beliefs or intellectual? What do you think is more dangerous, more powerful or... I gotta tell you, you, emotional got? beliefs anytime they're they're they can be more dangerous. They're definitely more powerful mm-hmm. because emotions are natural responses that we have to every given situation we experience. Um, the trick is learning how to control those emotions when you're making a decision. Mm-hmm. Ooh, right we, didn't now, talk, we didn't even talk about decision making process. I know, and that's the thing. You know, that's the wonderful thing about emotions is when you when you let them run your decision making it can change the course of your life defies drastically logic. yeah um let's bring it to something going on current affairs mm-hmm. terrible school shooting in florida right oh yeah yeah and everyone is quick jump on the emotional bandwagon and just start blaming one thing or another whether it's the guns the police the federal agents that didn't do what they were supposed to do Everyone has an emotional response because children died. Mm-hmm. And everyone in this nation really does feel that. They, they feel for these kids, but the emotional response is going to be different for each person. Mm-hmm. Um, people are angry. They're sad. They're scared, especially children. I mean, look what those children are doing right now at that school. They're yeah. protesting everywhere. Um, they're really scared. <clears throat> but if we don't control our emotions when we're making decisions that will actually govern our lives moving forward, 
we're going to do more harm than good. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I, I try, especially growing up where I've grown up, I didn't have the, me being the group of white guys, I was the minority where I grew up. Yeah. My, my dad was a pastor in an inner city church in Compton. In, so, okay. Compton, you know, Los Angeles. Inner city is a word that white folks use for the hood. Yes, inner city. <laughs> it is. It is. It is definitely the ghetto. Um, but where I grew up, I was the minority. But did I know what the word minority meant? No, we never heard it. We grew up in a household where it was religious for us to believe that everyone was created equal. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have to have the speech. Oh, there's. Their skin may be different, but they're the same as you. We didn't have to believe that. We just knew it. We grew mm-hmm. up understanding that everyone has the same capacity for good, evil, love, hate. So I was the minority, but never felt it. Well, <laughs> it's, I, I did feel it. Mm-hmm. Believe me, when Literally. I was told when I was told I couldn't actually walk the streets at, at night. You know, it, okay. It's just it, I, I understand. You know, my skin's white. Everyone else in the neighborhood for at least three blocks they're black mm-hmm. i i could see the difference but i didn't feel the difference unless it was directed towards me and yeah. even then i tried you know our, our family was very logical we tried not to look at it from an emotional standpoint mm-hmm. we looked at the logic of it you know what they all view us as different because we aren't what they normally see mm-hmm. now they may act on their beliefs, but we're not going to act on theirs. We're going to believe what we believe on. What do you mean by. they, Glenn? What I mean by I'm they? I'm just giving you shit. I don't know those fuzzy faced guys. Fuzzy faced guys, the guys with beards like me. Yeah, the guys with beards like yours. <laughs> no, but um, one one thing that uh, my dad always taught me about decision making, especially when it came to emotions. To make balanced decisions, you want to pay attention to how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So when you're coming up to a, a crossroads where you have to make a choice or um, people are asking for your opinion on something, pay attention to how you're feeling. You know, know what your emotion is. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? And how is this going to affect my decision making? Mm-hmm. Then you got to analyze the situation. You, you acknowledge how you feel. Okay, I feel mad that those kids were shot. Am I going to let that anger push me into a response that's quick and not thought out without analyzing all the facts behind what happened? So I'm going to acknowledge my rage. I'm mad. I'm, I'm pissed off. Now I'm, I'm looking at, okay, so is this going to affect my decision making? Am I looking at just the facts? Then I look at the facts. Okay, here are the facts. Here's what happened. Here's where we failed. How can I affect the situation moving forward in, in, in my life? How can I make a, a decision that will impact others for the positive rather than the negative? Mm-hmm. So it's really just paying attention to how you're feeling and controlling those emotions by analyzing them. So in making big decisions like that, you, you remove emotion from the equation. You try to. I mean, you're never going to be able to remove emotion yeah. completely. I mean, we see that in our politics now. A home or a car purchase. Yeah, home or a car purchase. I mean, right. Relationships. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's impossible to remove emotions because that's part of who we are. Mm-hmm. But being able to understand where those emotions are coming from and being able to look at the facts and see how our emotions are affecting our view of the facts can help us make a more balanced decision. So identify them. Identify them, Be understand them. them, and then look at the facts and go, okay, now is this, it, are my beliefs based on the facts or just my feelings about the facts? Hmm. I would, I would say that most people don't ask themselves that question. No, they don't. Yeah. But if more people did, how much better would their lives be? Oh. It's hard how, to say. How many uh, less serious situations would be would we be in in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. How do you quantify that, right? We can't really. <laughs> yeah, because I, I would I would dare say that no logical mind would would uh, commit the acts that that no fuckface did. No, definitely, and I'll never even utter his name, and I wish yeah. the media wouldn't put his name up there. But uh, Yeah, that's a side point, right? That's, that's a whole that's another a discussion. Point. I mean, we, we can sit here and analyze what he did wrong, but no, what can we do to make it better moving mm-hmm. forward, and how can we base our decision based on fact rather than emotion? Mm-hmm. And that's something I, I kind of wanted to bring up, is, is what is the actual difference between in intellectual beliefs and emotional beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when we when we notice that our intellectual beliefs, they come in because of, of our feelings. But intellectual beliefs come because of facts. So we can logically say, okay, based off these facts, this is the intellectual belief that I have. But based off my feelings and emotions, based off my feelings, these are the emotional beliefs that I have. And I think uh, a fantastic explanation of, of how this works together is our personality styles hmm. um, episode. Because when you have the lion and the owl, they're more intellectual beliefs. You know, they will act based off of facts and figures. Whereas the, like, the monkey and you and the koala, koala and me, it, it's emotional. We'll yeah. make emotional beliefs. And... How do you how do you make that transition when you realize that you've got an emotional belief that is a self limiting belief? How do you change that into a positive intellectual belief? And that's one of the things that that I talk about in, in my seminars is how do you take an event that happens and you give that event a meaning without without meaning to, you know, just like the example that you gave earlier with touching a hot stove. Child touches a hot stove, burns their hand. Now all of a sudden that's ingrained in their head. If you touch a stove, you're going to get burnt. Mm-hmm. It's not like the child intellectually said that. Yeah. Because they don't even know what... They don't know what Fahrenheit is. Yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things that we talk about in, in the seminar environment is how do you take these events that happened that you can't change anything about and then take the, take the, log, I mean, take the emotion out of it, think of it logically, and give that a new meaning. And I think that's what, what we did in the... In, in my uh, scenario earlier, once I really learned what the word minority meant, all of a sudden I felt empowered because now I'm making a choice. I knew for my own growth, I've got to start associating with different people who aren't self-limiting in, in their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, by, by thinking about minorities as, as the weaker of, of the two, that's a self-limiting belief that they have. I can guarantee if they continue with that mindset, it's going to limit their opportunities in life. 
And once you become aware of that, I think that's when you make the shift. But to what Glenn said, people believe so strongly in their emotional beliefs that they'll, mm-hmm. they're willing to die for them. Oh, yeah. And they're not willing to... And, and you see it all the time. People will come up to me all the time and they say, oh, I've always been this way. Or you can't teach me. Like, I'm, I'm always going to be this way. And I'll show them how their self-limiting belief has held them back in their life. And they'll say, okay, yeah, I can kind of see that. But no, I'm still going down this path. Mm-hmm. Because they're so married and emotionally attached to these beliefs that if somebody questions those beliefs... They get defensive. They get very defensive. How do you ask yourself, why? Why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way? Instead of just being okay with it. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. How, how do we do that? I feel like at a certain point, because now we're getting into character, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of your emotional beliefs define your character. And at what point do you know that it's time to ask yourself, why am I doing things a certain way and what is leading me to make these decisions and be who I am versus being okay with being who you are? Um, I think it's maybe it would lead to something like the pet peeve episode that we talked about, right? Um, if I'm just a messy person, I'm a messy person, right? That's part of me, part of my character. But is that not something I can change? Or am I too stubborn to just say, that's me, that's just what I do. I leave my shit everywhere. And I don't do my laundry and I don't do the dishes. But why? And if you go to someone else's house and you leave a mess there, why should it be their responsibility to accept that? But it can't be your responsibility to accept the fact that that's fucking rude. Right? Yeah. So I think we get to a fine line of accepting someone for who they are or someone accepting themselves for who they are versus also asking themselves, why am I so tied to being this way? Can I change certain things? Would would it improve myself? Would it improve people around me if I wasn't so emotionally attached to this? Because then you can think. Oh, go ahead. You're saying have a self-reflective moment to see if this belief is... um, Empowering or disempowering. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I can think with a logical mind that, you know... I'm this way, but Rohit's this way. And he's doing just fine. He's doing great. Uh, in fact, in these areas of his life, he has surpassed where I feel that I am. And 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 I'm um, proud of his achievements here, and I would like to get there, right? And he doesn't think the way that I do. So there's got to be some value to that. So if I can ask myself those questions, or, you know, or Glenn, right? Glenn is at this place of his life, here and I'm just right here and Glenn thinks far differently than I do and Glenn's character is far different than I there must be some value in what he's doing so maybe everything that I am doing even though I'm emotionally tied to it because this is me and I have pride in myself maybe there's something I can glean from other people in the way they're doing things you know and I'm not saying I need to be like Glenn or like Rohit but to just remind myself that I'm not the only person here I, I just wrote something down, and and I think I, 
to kind of piggyback off what you said, why is it that your friends don't appreciate your talents or skills as much as complete strangers do? So, for example, wow, like if, if you take a look at right, Glenn has over the past couple of years that I've known him has taken some that he wasn't greatly exposed to, such as graphic arts and, and the Adobe Creative platform and everything like that. And he learned how to do it. And he studies hard. He attends many classes, many online trainings to, to fine-tune his skill set. And, and I bet you anything, if you took some of his friends and they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, Glenn's just always kind of been into that kind of stuff. Or, yeah, that stuff just kind of comes easy to Glenn. But if you have someone who doesn't know Glenn and says, okay, this is what Glenn is capable of doing, they're going to be astounded by his accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So why is it the friends do that? Like getting people, I've had so many one-on-one conversations with friends who say, you know, there's so much that you have accomplished lately in your life and and you're working towards your goals and you're very inspiring and stuff like that. And and it's nice to hear. How do you learn how to do all that stuff? Well, I have a seminar coming up. Would you like to attend? Like, you know, here's, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, that sounds good. Okay, we actually well, do have a seminar coming up. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, here's the sign-up page. You know, here's the tickets and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm busy that day. Or, you know, let me know next time. Okay, I've been yeah. letting you know for two years now. <laughs> and and I think that there's something to that. And I don't know if it's because, as as your friend, I see the daily grind that you put in. So that gives me... I, I can see the progression that, Grant, that Glenn has made, whereas an outsider's perspective doesn't have that same appreciation. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just tossing that out there. It's, it's a good thought because I am one of those people who just thought Glenn already knew how to do all that stuff. I didn't realize until recently that you were self-taught. Oh, yes. And you didn't really take on those, that technology until you started to work for Adobe. Yeah, literally, I knew nothing about the products other yeah. than Acrobat made PDFs and Photoshop yeah. was a verb. I had that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Photoshop it. Yeah, is yeah. it not a verb? Well, <laughs> that's how you know the product has become so pervasive. It is a verb now. Yeah. No, but I I, I knew nothing, but I wanted to know something. Yeah. And I made a conscious decision to learn it. See, and I, I think that strangers can be astounded by those things because they have such a short, quick judgment of you, mm. and they don't see the big picture. Mm-hmm. They have that You're, emotional judgment. Potentially. Yeah. Right? I, I, uh, when, you, when you look at someone, you only see things on the outside, obviously, right? Just right. The, the surface things. He's tall, he's short, he's black, he's white, he's skinny, he's fat, he's purple, he's brown, he's yellow. He's a he, she's a she, somewhere in between, whatever that is. Those are the things that you see and you make judgments initially based on your past emotional beliefs. Mm. Right? Most people, I would say. So if you learn something that doesn't align with your quick judgment of said person... That's fascinating because you're proven wrong. Your emotional beliefs are now beginning to open up because you're not tied to this person. 
you're tied to your beliefs about what you what you first see in somebody. But you're not tied to this person, so you're open to new things about them. So if you find out, if I just met Glenn yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was just this guy playing video games, and somebody was like, oh yeah, have you seen what he's been able to do in, in Photoshop? No, what do you mean? And show me some of the stuff he's done. Like you showed me the thing on your Adobe Sketch a couple weeks ago. Mm. And I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. That's That's awesome. I didn't know you were good at that stuff. I was fascinated by it. I've known you for a while now, but I didn't know that aspect of you. And I thought you were just a chill, laid-back guy who likes to play video games. I know that's part of it. I know that's part of it, but that's only scratching the surface. That's, that's why I keep my blood pressure low. There you go. <laughs> my man. I'm relaxed, and I play video games to relieve stress. Um, but you already knew some of those things. So maybe to you, that's just, oh, that's Glenn. Yeah, he likes to draw. He's good at it, you know, or, or whatever that looks like, right? And people don't realize what what actually goes into some of those things yeah i had a really strong um appreciation for you kyle reed when we first started doing this podcast mm-hmm. was in the middle of your run 365 oh yeah and in those early days audience time we weren't getting out of the studio till like 10 11 at night mm-hmm. because we didn't know what we were doing and we would sit here like and shoot tonight? the shit for a while in between episodes. Yeah, tonight's late. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't getting home back then till like midnight sometimes. Close, yeah. You had to wake up at you know five six o'clock to get ready for work, but in between, you still went out, ran a mile, mm-hmm. and it's not just that you ran a mile. You had to get ready. You had to do your stretches. You had to run. You had to come home. You had to shower up. Eat. Eat like. And hearing some things that you went through, those hardships, is what gave me an appreciation for you. Thank you. And I think we kind of talked about this in brains versus uh, body versus brains. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Brain you know, versus brawn or whatever we called it. Yeah. Because you can see someone and you can be like, yeah, you know what? They've been going to the gym lately. You can tell. And maybe they spend five hours at the gym. But then you've got someone else like, like Glenn <clears throat> who is studying for... You know, five hours at the gym versus like 20 hours of straight how to master Adobe Creative Cloud. Mm-hmm. And they look at him and they're like, hmm, because they don't see those results, nor do they see the hard work that goes into that. Let's take it a step further, right? And, let, and let's just open up the reality that a lot of people would assume that Glenn is lazy because he's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am. Right? I'm lazy. No, no. Well, not <laughs> be honest, I'm lazy. No. But uh, physically, you may like to relax and chill, right? But yeah. you cannot call a person who spends as many hours as you do learning the Adobe suite of products a lazy person because that takes dedication and commitment that I don't have to something like that, personally. Laziness doesn't translate to every part of your life. That's true. Hmm? That's true. Wow. I like that. This was a phenomenal episode. Good stuff, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I look at things more and more now in my life. After I watch this, I'm thankful I watched this. I'm, I'm a fan of Charlemagne the God. I like, I like some of the stuff that Stephen Furtick does as well. I'm, I'm not as well versed in his, um, in all of his sermons and in everything that he does. But when I seen this, I was like, oh, this got to be fascinating. I want to watch this. I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I encourage all of you guys to check it out as well. Of course, after you listen to our podcast. And uh, ask yourself in your everyday life, what are things that are intellectual beliefs versus emotional beliefs? How have they shaped your idea of things in life? Ooh. And your identity. Your identity. 
right? <clears throat> so your identity is part of what I was just going to say is how do they shape your response to things? Mm. Because your response to things is, is essentially your identity, right? Wow. Um, man, shout out to my man, Rob Ross. We had a conversation about this literally as I was watching this, this this short film, documentary, whatever you want to call it. And, um, man, we had a good conversation. I get a lot of good ideas out. He gets a lot of good shit out when we have conversations. And I really appreciate that, brother. <laughs> you got anything else, man? I think it's about time to wrap up. I think so. You got anything in closing? I just, I think this episode is going to go on to become one of my favorites. Yeah. Why? It, That's a tough question. It is a tough question. I, I really like how we we went beyond just instruction. You know, this mm. wasn't a, okay, audience, like, you know, if you want to, if you want to break your procrastination habits, follow these 10 steps. Yeah. Or anything like that. Like this is, and we talk about the differences between emotional and intellectual beliefs. And one comes down to like facts and emotions and the other one, and facts and figures facts, and the figures, other logic, feelings whatever. and emotion. And it's not like one's right and the other's wrong. That's why I like this. We're, we're presenting two sides, mm-hmm. but never do we say, okay, you know, here are the two sides, but really you want to be more on this side or you want to be more on this side. We never talked about that. What we did is we talked about how both intellectual beliefs and emotional beliefs have personally affected each of our lives. And I think based off that, the audience can then go back and say, you know what? Like, these are the moments that happened in my life, and this is how it happened. Yeah. And it's through that viewpoint that I think they can see what has been empowering in their lives and what has been disempowering in their lives. And now they have the, now they have the tools necessary to start shifting their beliefs into more positive beliefs. Like this, I love love this episode. I'm all about putting more tools in my bag. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Mm. Listeners, we appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Man, that vanilla rum is is kicking me in. It's kicking my ass right now. We appreciate y'all. Every week, come check us out. GYSTpodcast.com. Get your shit together on the GYST Podcast. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. We got tons of videos on there. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're also going to link to a few of the things that we mentioned in this podcast as well. Some older episodes we mentioned, Brains vs. Brawn, uh, one of the pet peeve episodes that we mentioned, as well as this this YouTube video that I really enjoyed. Um, I think it was called Come Out of Your Corner, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have that on the site as, as well. And, and we'll maybe even link to it in YouTube as well. And the personality styles. Oh, the personality matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost forgot about that one. Um, no, you did forget. I had to remind you. Well. <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> you won't let me go? You won't let that one slide? He was ready. <laughs> so thanks again, y'all, for tuning in to another great episode of your favorite podcast, the GYSD Podcast. And we will see y'all next week. We got some good shit for you. Come back. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our GYST Podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.